everyone. This is Will Buckley talking to Chris Boss today about his views on the economy, specifically taxation. So let's ask him, what are your views on, on taxation in today's society? How should it be used? How is it compared to how is it used? Well, the easy thing about being a libertarian is that I can give uh, the same answer for every single question pretty much you ask. There should be no taxation on anything. Um, that's a serious answer, though. I really genuinely believe that there is no legitimate tax, either in terms of practicability or morality. But if you ask me to work within the framework of the assumption that the government is necessary and provides necessary features, the general, the, uh, general principle I would accept is the lowest possible broad-based tax reductions or tax levels are the most desirable. If you compare that to today, globally, uh, we're nothing close to that. If you look at the, quote, civilized countries like most of the European countries, the U.S., and some of the Asian countries, the taxation rate can be quite exorbitant in many places. But I'll stick to the U.S. because that's where I know by far uh, the most. The major problem with the United States tax system is not necessarily that the taxes are too high, although in many cases they are, but the code itself is so complex that it often costs um, hundreds and hundreds, individuals hundreds and hundreds of dollars simply to comply with the tax laws. And there are other ways in which they have to change their behavior simply to comply with the tax laws implicitly. So, like, they spend hundreds of dollars uh, worth of time and lawyering fees to actually fill out the tax forms, and hundreds or thousands of additional dollars refraining from doing certain things because there are tax implications or just not entering into a business because they don't want to sit down and learn all the things about the taxes. And there are a lot of perverse incentives, like tax breaks, if you do certain things which in the long run are uh, detrimental to the economy, etc. So if you had the, between the two options of whether United States rates are too high or too complicated, yeah, there's really no way to distinguish, but probably the more pressing and more talked about problem is that they're too complicated. So why then would the government continue to sponsor a program of taxation that is far too complicated if it's not benefiting them or the society as a whole. Well, because you use the term sponsor a program, the tax code is no more a program than the United States is a person. It's 300 million different people. And so you have some hotshot senator who says, I have a great idea. We're going to give tax breaks to people who donate at least 5% of their income to these accredited charities. But we'll also create the loophole that if you're a gas corporation, you don't get that, that same preference. This way, we, uh, you know, this way we're still taxing the people who need to be taxed, and we get some money to charities. But by the way, there are insufficient funds to collect taxes in a lot of the obscure Alaskan villages, so we're going to have some more loopholes for the Alaskan village. And by the way, there's been a recent problem in Illinois with all these farmers who think they're being treated unfairly, so we're going to give tax breaks to them. And to compensate for that, we're going to have new taxes here. 
And so everybody who thinks individually that they could just perfectly control this beast that is the tax code, they can't. And inevitably they just, and this isn't true only of taxes, this is true of laws and regulations too. Rather than thinking about which taxes can they eliminate to eliminate the, the effect that's been plaguing them, they think which taxes can we implement to uh, solve the problem. And so it's always stacking more on top of each other rather than reducing the total amount that's there. Okay. Um, so basically this is, this is why there's really no talk in the government about uh, drastically eliminating or lowering taxes or adapting some sort of uh, system that would seem to me more fair if it were a flat tax rate. Why, I mean, what, what, what's stopping them from realizing that, oh, well, this, this, would, this would be more fair? Is it, is it that they just need the income as, as the government, or uh, is it just too complicated to sort out? Well, it is definitely complicated to sort out. I mean, politicians are no smarter than the average person. The average person, you ask them, how do you actually, what is the physical process you go through to implement a tax? You don't even know where to start. Do you, does a senator write something down and then he hands it to a tax overlooker and then that person sends it to the president and that president sends it down? How do you actually do it? Politicians don't know any more than we do, or if they do, they have a very incomplete view. So it is extremely complex. You just... It, Reduce taxes. How? What do you actually do to reduce taxes? That's one problem. The second problem is there is very little agreement on exactly what is a, quote, fair tax policy. Whether it's a flat tax, which means the, the tax rate is the same on all income groups. So somebody making a million dollars or more gets charged uh, a flat tax of 9%. Same with somebody who's making you know, $3 a year. Or if, if it should be progressive in that the uh, when all your income between 0 and 20,000 is taxed at 5%, between 20 and 50 is taxed at 8%, between 50 and a million is taxed at 12% or whatever it is. A lot, of, a, lot, a lot of people think that progressive structure is more fair. And so even if uh, you could come up with a very simple implementation of each you'd have a lot of people trying to like uh, trying to implement bits and pieces of their own view which they think is more fair so you wind up with a, a completely incoherent mess and there have been some attempts whether they're genuine I seriously doubt it like Rick Perry one of his campaign uh, promises or when he was running for the uh, Republican race trying to become the Republican electorate, uh, he said he wanted to change the tax code so that you could fill out all your taxes on a postcard rather than having to go through five different lawyers and 3,000 different documents, etc. And he said that would save um, like $400 billion in that that's how much money people spend just filing their taxes and, and, and stuff. But, you know, it's just one politician's voice in a sea of thousands. It's not going to be implemented in any realistic uh, way. So nothing's really going to change until yet. they have no choice but to change because they don't have the physical capacity to collect the taxes anymore. 
Right. So, yesterday we were talking about paradoxes uh, with respect to statistical analysis and, and such. Can you tell me, I, I know that there are lots of paradoxes in economics. Can you tell me about one uh, specifically related to taxation? Yeah, the uh, this is a hot topic issue. It's coming up more often now than it really ever has. It's called the Laffer Curve. Uh, I believe Art Laffer was the economist who coined this or invented or discovered this or whatever you want to call it. And it's the argument that you can increase the tax rate, so the percentage of taxes that you're collecting, and it will actually result in a decline in tax revenue, so the amount of taxes you create. And you can see why people think this is a paradox. Superficially, you think, how does the math work out that you could take a greater percentage of something and wind up with a, a lower absolute of that thing? It seems mathematically impossible. But if you take it to its extremes, you can see that it's not only is it possible, it's sort of obvious. So if you imagine the same country with a 1% tax rate, they would likely have very low tax revenue because it's only a 1% tax rate. Imagine the same country, though, with a 100% tax rate, so a huge increase in the rate. That government is likely to get no revenue whatsoever because at 100% tax rate, there's zero incentive to work. The, you don't get to keep anything you make, so why would you work? And so you see that a huge increase in the rate results in a decline in the uh, revenue. And so there's supposed to be some number that you can meet in the middle. I don't know exactly where it would be, 40%, 50%, 60%, whatever, at which you increase tax re uh, rate and revenue declines. So if, if this number could be determined, it would perhaps be an optimal point, at, at least before the, the, the curve starts sloping downwards. Uh, at which tax revenue would be the highest for the government. Uh, is, is, this, is this relevant at all to, uh, to today's tax problems, or is, is this not? It's, people think it's relevant, but only because um, they do exactly what you often warn not to do, which is forget the context they're working in. So taxes are, even the hard, hardest uh, advocate of a progressive tax is not going to say that taxes are good in themselves, rather that taxes are good because they allow the government to fund certain projects that the private sector would be incapable of funding. So you don't implement taxes for the sake of implementing taxes. And likewise, to attempt to maximize tax revenue should not be a goal in itself. I mean, I guess it's distinctly possible that the U.S. could be collecting more in taxes, but there is no guarantee, and in fact, there's almost a guarantee uh, in the other direction that that increased tax revenue will hurt the country as a whole, will decrease uh, the utility of U.S. citizens. And so, yes, if you want to maximize tax revenue, the Laffer curve is the way to do it. It's some complex calculus made more complex by the fact that there's not one tax. There's, there's a whole bunch. There's income tax. There's payroll tax. There's property taxes, sales taxes, uh, capital gains tax, excise tax, etc. So the calculus will get extremely complex. And there's no way you have enough variables and data to actually... No, no way you have enough data to actually calculate it. But 
keeping the context in mind that tax revenue is not automatically good, it shouldn't be relevant. It, it, it should be irrelevant, yeah. So if the purpose of taxation is not to make money for the government directly, but more to benefit society, what do you personally think that you... If, if you, Chris Boss, were running for president and you had the power to implement any sort of tax uh, code you would like to implement and you had only the interest of what was best for society as a whole, what would your tax plan be? Do you mean how would I change it from what it is now or if I could start completely over, what would it be? Well, let's start with how, how would you change it from right now? Well, again... These sorts of questions are very difficult. There's a philosophical principle here. You're asking me, how would I change the tax policy given that my view is that we should have no taxes? Well, the answer is I would eliminate all taxes. Right. That would be my practical and philosophical answer. Then you could say, well, assuming you have to be realistic, I just respond by saying, okay, give me the parameters for being realistic and I'll set the taxes to the minimum possible, which meets that parameter. So it's sort of like an arbitrary question. There's no real answer to it. However, um, let's be a little bit arbitrary here. Let's say I'm Ron Paul. I'll just, I'll do that. I'll pick my favorite, uh, the favorite tax policy of mine that an actual politician espouses. That's Ron Paul. And he, I'm fairly certain he wants to eliminate the corporate tax, just as, uh, just as Gary Johnson does. And that's the tax on all entities which have a limited liability or greater corporate patent from the government. Uh, essentially, like ExxonMobil and Walmart and Target and Apple and all of them have to pay 35% um, on all their, I'm not sure if it's, I guess it would be profits, and that's before anybody touches the money when it can be re-taxed re, uh, as income tax. And so you get rid of that. Although it's not, the rate is 35%, but there are a lot of exemptions and loopholes that make the effective rate slightly lower for certain companies. So I'd eliminate the corporation tax. I would absolutely eliminate the capital gains tax uh, because that is one of the most, well, I was about to say it was one of the most damaging taxes, but then three other extremely damaging taxes came into mind, so I can't really say that. But it's an extremely damaging tax for two reasons. One, it discourages capital formation, which is the acquisition of more tools and resources in the economy, which help produce consumer goods. So, for example, if you bought a machine, a really powerful dye-making machine for clothes, for $1,000, and then suddenly next year it, it grew to a value of $1,500. You'd be charged, um, depending on your income, a percentage of that, 15 to 28%. Uh, although that can get a little dicey because that's not necessarily the capital they're talking about. More often the capital gains refers to things like investing in commodities, so investing in wheat or rice or gold or silver, one of those, and they tax you on your uh, uh, profits from whatever you've invested in. And that's really bad because it's capital, you know, capitalism is based on this word capital. That is the driving force of virtually all, uh, all 
economic improvement that isn't technological. So the two factors and the only two factors that contribute to quality of life are capital accumulation, that's more stuff, and techno technological improvement. Once you tax one of those things to inhibit them, that's a just this just like a, a really bad and ill-advised thing to do. So get rid of the corporation tax, get rid of the capital gains tax, and same thing for income. Because you make your income by being productive and you don't want to dissuade people from being productive in any way. And that's Ron Paul's plan, I believe. So is the United States destined to lose all semblance of a capitalist society? Or is there hope for capitalism? Well, it's not destined to do it in the future. It's already upon us. <laughs> uh, that, now, that's more of a, I guess that's more of a subjective question, how you gauge the degree of capitalism. He, here's what I can say. There is no possible mathematical way, unless aliens land and start trading with us and give us huge charity, for us to sustain the current course. There are not enough tax revenues or potential tax, rev tax revenues from all U.S. citizens globally to pay for all the junk that we've that the government has promised us. So there's going to be a crisis, and they could respond by doing things like raising taxes and imposing stricter controls on banking at all. But that will be bad news. The other way that, that can go is. Uh, because they, their tax revenues just plummet, because if the people are poor, obviously they're not going to have much tax, not going to have much income to send to the government. Uh, the government might just lose its ability to collect these taxes and have no choice but to eliminate taxes, in which case it, the United States could be like the rebirth of the phoenix and emerge the beautiful <laughs> capitalist country it can be and even once was to an extent. So it's, all hope is not lost, but... There's definitely... Uh, it's not looking good. We're definitely in the eye of the storm right now. <laughs> Give me the date. What's the date of the collapse? The date of the collapse is either December 19th, 2012, or March... No, let's say April 15th, 2013, um, which is tax day. <laughs> or sometime, this isn't a specific date, but sometime in January, after the new tax hikes, which, are, which take effect... At 12:01 uh, a.m. January 1st, 2013, when those were implemented. All right, you heard him. Start stocking up on your uh, your water bottles and miscellaneous goods before the the world ends, essentially. All right, this is this has been another episode of This Is Logic. Thanks for joining us. Mm -hmm.